Hello. We are three friends who like playing tabletop games and thought it would be fun to create characters based on movie and TV characters for role-playing games. I'm Ian, and I'm joined by... Karina. And Matt. And this is Hollywood Rolls. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? Ma'am, I already said it was not indigenous. It was a derelict spacecraft. It was an alien ship. It was not from here. Do you get it? We homed in on its beacon and found a creature that gestates inside a living human host and has concentrated acid for blood. That's right, someone shut Hudson up, because this game is just getting started, as we build Lieutenant Ellen Ripley from Aliens for D&D. So we're recording this the day before Halloween, mm-hmm. and this uh, day has a, a special tragedy for me personally. Oh, no. Um, uh. And so, you know, when I was reading and preparing for this episode... I saw that there was a they had to do two takes of the knife trick um, because the first one when sped up didn't look realistic. Also, the second one also didn't look realistic, but that's okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'd argue that one that at least I've seen. Sure. (laughs) But on the second take, they um, he accidentally nicked uh, Paxton's pinky. Oh, no. (gasps) Which the very uh, same pinky, the very same pinky. (laughs) Actually, I think it's the other hand. But regardless, yeah, I I, uh, tore. I I severed both of my tendons in my pinky. So on on the day before Halloween. So this is. uh, Yeah. yeah. A little cringy for me. The uh, the safety (laughs) knives for pumpkins exist for a reason, folks. (laughs) Uh, You know, you can paint them. Stickers are cool, too. (laughs) Yeah, our pumpkins, uh, the day before Halloween, remain uncarved and undecorated right outside of our our porch. As they should be. (laughs) The other, I think, Halloween route we could go with this is spooky, spooky skeletons. So we've got the Mm. the navigator from Alien in the the chair, the flight chair, and just generally all of the HR Geiger skeleton-y interior stuff. Yeah, spoopies. Very spoopy. Very spoopy. Mm-hmm. Good Halloween movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Xenomorphs are kind of like skeleton-y. They're very exoskeleton, but they're very much not exoskeleton. They're like interior skeleton on the outside. <laughs> They've got layers. Other spoopy thing, the, the alien screams were a baboon. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Only because like, Alan Tudyk oh. hadn't had like his moment yet. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah, he was probably an infant if he was born at all. <laughs> Are you sure they didn't record any infants to get the sound effects? Because it could have been Alan Tudyk, for all we know. Funnily enough, I was just saying, uh, theoretically, next year, we're going to get a, it seems like it's been a production forever, but theoretically, it's coming out next year. We will get an Aliens TV series on effects, and Alan Tudyk was listed in the cast, and I couldn't figure out what role he plays, so I don't know, it might actually happen, you guys. I hope it's the pilot. I really hope it's the pilot. Come on, come on. (laughs) I, I had forgotten what a great cast the first movie was. I, yeah. I, I had forgotten we had John Hurt in it at all. Uh, yeah. Sigourney Weaver, uh, obviously. I, you Tom Scarrett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ian has big child feels about that. Uh, or actually a little direct feels. Yeah, talk about it, Ian. Yeah, I don't know. I grew up, I, I really liked Tom Scarrett. I, I, we watched Picket Fences as a family. And sure. so I had this fond memory of him. But I had... I didn't get to meet him during this because of the filming schedule, but I got to be an extra in a movie that featured Tom Skerritt. Um, It was a terrible movie, but that's fine. (laughs) I got paid for it. (laughs) And more importantly, what else resulted from that? Oh, yeah. Well, this, uh, because of Tom Skerritt, exactly. resulted in me having a bacon number uh-huh. of three. What's your, yeah, I got, got a bacon number of three. <laughs> this movie was originally going to be called Star Beast, which feels very late 70s. I'm glad they went with Alien. <laughs> 
I mean, Star Beast wouldn't have been terrible. That feels more like a cult classic name than Alien does. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they were trying to go for like, a, you know, at least with the, the space jockey, that big like scene where they had that, that uh, giant body. And it wasn't, you know, it was so big and they didn't want it. Fox didn't want to make it because it was so expensive. And Sir Ridley Scott went to them and said, no, this is our Cecil Bill DeMille. I mean, like, this is like the shot that we have that means it's not going to be a B movie. This is how you know it's an expensive movie. And they were like, all right, fine, I guess. And it wasn't quite as big as it looks because he actually had, if you see the two astronaut people that are theoretically from the Nostromo, those are his two sons that they put into <laughs> tiny little suits to make it look even bigger. Excellent. <laughs> and reportedly, the suits were so miserable, they were pa- the cast was passing out constantly. And until oh he, he put his own sons in them and they also passed out, he's like, yeah, you're right. We should change this. <laughs> <laughs> this maybe isn't so good. Getting back to these uh, 1979, 1986 movies, mm. practical effects, man. You can do some really so cool good. stuff. Still holds up pretty well, so too. so nice. In fact, like, so the, the, when they did a screening for Aliens, which happened, like, right as they were releasing it, because they took we so to long be, to we edit We need to it. be clear on this recording. Are you talking about Aliens? Aliens. The, se- yeah. <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. Yeah, they didn't do any audience screenings uh, of it, but they had enough time, like, a week to do an exec review, and the Fox execs were really upset because they thought that they had spent all of the money on set design rather than on the special effects that they thought they were spending the money. <laughs> They're like, where, who is this? I'm sorry, Stan Winston? Where, where is this all this money going? Who is this Stan Winston person? <laughs> the producer, Gail Hurd, was delighted to inform them that it was almost all done with miniatures and that it was all optical illusions. That's the queen, though, right? It was the queen? No, no, no. Sorry. You're about set pieces? Yeah, the set pieces oh. were almost all done with, uh, with oh, miniatures. They really thought that impressive. they had spent a ton of money on set design, and it really wasn't. Just tiny, tiny just things. Lots of miniatures filmed uh, yep. with optical illusions to make it look like they were Oh, I could buy that, sets. because, yeah, like sometimes when there's, like, like the, the, like, the flying things and, like, explosions in the background, that feels very the much like added on there. The reactor looked very impressive as well. Like, it that seemed like good. they had, they, yeah, they did a lot of good, a the lot of good were very design. pleased to hear that yeah. the execs were fooled. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that's the best compliment you can have, right? <laughs> this looks like super expensive. Yes. <laughs> that's not what we spent the money on. We wasted it all in booze. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> KY jelly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you got to have a big KY jelly budget it's when you make an alien. Who actually made the queen. <laughs> Speaking of booze, so the filming of the movie happened in England. And yeah, there was the Pine, a Pinehurst, I think, is the big. Exactly. Studio, yeah, yeah. Pinehurst, which mm-hmm. it, there was a lot of beef between Cameron and Pinehurst and they never Isn't worked together again. Isn't there Cameron and everybody? <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Notoriously easy to get along with. <laughs> but it was filmed in the same time and region as Full Metal Jacket, uh, which oh, is of course. another uh, yeah. wartime movie. And so... Yeah, really? I thought that movie was earlier, but I think it was supposed right. to be Vietnam, right? Oh, no. <laughs> Things that happen when you watch movies as a child. <laughs> so the, the interesting crossover there is that um, in Aliens... Al Matthews, who played uh, Sergeant Apony or Apone. I can't remember how you say it. <laughs> I don't know either. Sergeant I'm going to go with Apony now. I'm pretty sure it's wrong, <laughs> but that now, sounds way now better. Now he needs a cutie mark on his helmet. <laughs> so he is a retired sergeant from real life. Uh, oh, he was amazing. actually the first black uh, person to be promoted to sergeant in his service. I think they say Apone in the movie, but yeah, amazing. Um, I was thinking like he, he's, you know, he's using all the jargon that I've never heard of. Like, did they write that in the script? Like asses and elbows. I'm like, like yeah. wait, what? That's <laughs> I feel like it's real. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Or at least uh, the Internet says so. Um, I, I mean, I would you believe can believe it. anything you hear on the Internet. <laughs> he says it with authority that I'm like, yeah. yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
but because they were filmed at the same time in the same area, they often were like doing like get togethers. And there was also a retired sergeant that was playing in Full Metal Jacket, too. Aww. And so they, they had a little crossover there. I love that for them. How nice. <laughs> they were just all filmed at the same time. Like, how are you doing this? <laughs> Paul Reiser, what a middle management a-hole. Did that <laughs> really goodness. throw me for a loop? I think I was at the perfect <laughs> age, and I can't exactly remember because I was probably in junior, either late junior high or early high school when I finally kind of caught up on the Aliens movies because I was too young and my parents won't let me, which was the correct decision. Reasonable, yeah. <laughs> Reasonable decisions. But I was like, okay, these are movies that my parents will let me watch. Like, yeah, yeah, you're old enough. It's going to be okay. And they knew that I wasn't going to have nightmares and like come bother them. And I'd already watched some Mad About You. And I was like, oh, it's Paul Reiser. Well, he, of course, he means the best. <laughs> and with the heel turn, I was like, what? <laughs> what? Shattered my little world. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that show in, you know, decades. Yeah. I wonder no, if that I, holds yeah. up at all. I, 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 don't think, I don't think it does. <laughs> I mean, there were also recent seasons of Stranger Things, which prepared me. Uh, this this yeah. movie prepared me for hating his character, and he turned out to be a little bit better than we expected. I, so, yeah, you're yeah. right. I also mm -hmm. had that same kind of visceral feeling going into Stranger Things. Like, oh. Paul Reiser. <laughs> Fool me once, Paul Reiser. <laughs> I'm sure that was intentional of, yeah, oh, for all absolutely. of us 80s kids. Like, mm, don't know Paul Reiser. <laughs> I, I really like that in the uh, in Alien, in the first one, mm -hmm. I assume that they managed to do this by just moving set pieces around, but it is incredibly disorienting throughout the movie. You can never tell exactly where they're supposed to be. And I'm like, it's clearly supposed to be a giant ship. It's supposed to be on. huge. Yeah. Like it feels enormous and like a giant maze. Yeah. And it. I think it does that again. I think it mostly does that by just reusing set pieces and placing them in different places and, and then sure. having centralized set pieces that are noticeable, like the hanging chains and stuff. But yeah. that was the other thing that I felt like they did a really good job of in both movies they had stuff hanging from the ceiling and a lot of scenes mm -hmm. where you weren't looking up that were constantly making you think man they should really be looking there's stuff up i know they should be looking up more <laughs> the aliens are going to be there they're going to be there right there, right so. there. and sometimes they are like and sometimes oh definitely because they are just there like even like in like a like across the scene they're like oh that was a goof like no it's not a goof they are just there and you as the audience are like look up look up they're free. I can see their bubble's head right there. Just look over there. No, you're going to die. You're going to die. Okay, you're okay. Okay, okay. It raises the tension in the scene because there's stuff in places that there really shouldn't be stuff. And it's it's all a little bit alien looking because it's like yeah. dangling wires and lamps and, and there's things. Ducks, and right? There's ducks below you and yeah. above you. So, you know, even if you can't see them on your on your level, there's ducks below and above. and the, But they're coming, but I don't see them. I'll just take a peek in this duct. Oh, no, there's a horde of them coming directly at me. Well, we've got to move, people. We've got to move. Yeah, no matter where they are, you don't ever... Like, you never feel safe for the characters. <laughs> it's just constant anxiety. It's terrifying anxiety, which, yeah, very effective. Mm -hmm. There's some fun firsts from this as a sci-fi movie. Ooh. Sigourney Weaver's Best Actress nomination was the first time in for a sci-fi action movie to get a Best Actress nomination. That's amazing. Did she get it for Alien or Aliens? Aliens. Oh, cool. Good for her. So I touched on this a little bit earlier that there was some beef between uh, uh, yes. James Cameron mm. and and the production company. So the actors also were kind of annoyed at them too. At Most the of them were company or yeah, they weren't used to working with a, a British crew oh. who like in the middle of complicated scenes was like it's tea time and oh. just stop working. And they're like, no, I'm sorry, we, we're in America where we grind our fingers to For the bone, <laughs> fourteen hour days. Fuck your union. <laughs> what a healthy work work ethic you guys have. Yeah, we hate Did you your stop healthy. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we hate your work life balance. <laughs> We've got a deadline to meet. <laughs> but they were also very loyal to Ridley Scott, and the, oh. so some of them were just like oh. they didn't want to give Cameron the time of day because he doesn't really 
done anything at that point yeah. to uh, well, be famous yeah, for. Terminator hadn't come out yet. So, yeah. well, but he arranged a special screening for them, which all of them ignored. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, look, I can do cool things. Nope, fuck you. <laughs> I love that, actually. That's very British. Now we're good. <laughs> no, thanks. Well, I think we may have reached that time where we talk about it being 2022 and asking, <laughs> how do we feel about this oh, movie? No. Well, so we've got we've got some military scenes with some locker room talk that, you know, yeah, it's OK. It's it, it's probably what you would expect for quote unquote locker room talk. So I was going to mention Vasquez, who yes. in character, we've got a Latina sort of action star, a uh, very Michelle Rodriguez character. If we were making the movie today. Sure. And of course, it's a white person in brown face, which does not. No, I know. I had a I had a rude awakening to this one. Maybe, boy, maybe like three or four years ago, we were playing yeah. the game together. It was the one last job. And I and I was like a gunner character. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to do I'm going to do Vasquez. And I was like, I am to be Google. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> wait, wait. And also, I am white, so that also would have been great. But I was like, okay, let me just look at this character so I can kind of remember because it's been a while. Like, oh, also, she was white. Well, now I feel awful. <laughs> but at the same time, from my childhood, I do remember a Latina badass. So despite the fact that the actress yeah. was not well cast for this. There's been a history of this, yeah. right? So we at least got a good script there, there in that regard. Yeah. Yes, Is I it know. her first line that she's asking about the white lady? Um, oh, I, she it, says, "What? Yeah, what's up with uh, Snow White? Snow White, Snow White. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> While she's doing, yeah, curls and pull-ups and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, and apparently the line that um, Bill Paxton um, then th lobbies back at her, where like, oh yeah, she signed up for aliens and she thought that it was illegal aliens. I was like, oh, okay. oh. racist, yes. But also apparently Jeanette Goldstein had auditioned for the movie Aliens, thinking that it was about illegal aliens, you know, undocumented <laughs> workers. So." I guess it just sort of flooded and they were like, sure, we'll go with it because <laughs> it's James Cameron and he probably wasn't that sensitive to it either. Uh, not actually bad for the movie, but bad for 2022. We've, of course, got Burke trying to use uh, female bodies for carrying parasites because clearly they don't have any right to make any decisions. Yeah, you're a, you're a vessel. <laughs> nope. Yeah. You can oh, yeah. sneak things in. <laughs> yep, yep. We'll just put you in the freezer. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, it does seem a little bit weird that she was like, it was Burke, obviously. Like, But how did he how did how would he have gotten those in? They're oh. like, he doesn't seem like he's wary at like, I think he knocked them over on purpose. I I believe her take. I believe her hot take. But there. they were in a different room. I don't know. It seems a little. The I, gun got moved I, out of the room. I so think, somebody clearly did that sabotage. Okay, I was curious only I only like, he would do that. I feel as like sabotage. there was a scene missing. Yeah. Where there was like, there's a gun. I was like, but the gun was on top of the bed. Yeah. No, the gun Why was definitely gun supposed there? to be on the top. Of the and bed. then so, OK, I would have believed that he could have removed the gun and then like brought in two of the like capsules or whatever. Vessels. Yeah, containment vessels that were like, <laughs> you know, don't get too close. Boom. And just been like smashy smash or something. Or just yeah. like, here, put you near the bed. Bye bye. But without having that, it just seemed like, well, yeah, of course that happened. And I was like, OK, I mean, I'll buy that it happened because we all want to hate him. Right. Yeah. But I was also kind of like, but if we're going to like put him out of the airlock right now, I'd be like, hang on. I'm sorry. We don't have enough evidence for this. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> this I've, is murder now. <laughs> I've got some stuff for this during the character build section. Okay, okay, so we'll, okay. get, we'll bring we'll come which, back. Which again, she also around to it. She, you know, she doesn't say we should just murder him. She's getting yeah. right. He needs to go, you know, pay he for his to, sin. He needs <laughs> to sit on the wall again, but through a tribunal or something. So at least it's legal when he. We want, I want him nailed to a specific wall. Yeah, not the not the space lock that I keep pushing all the aliens through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where nobody can hear you scream, but definitely everybody can hear you scream. And lots of screaming in the second movie, too. Lots of screaming. There's a lot of screaming. There is some screaming that you can't hear, but it's inside. 
It's mostly, yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> with, yeah, that science room that for some reason has no sound, I guess, because if you have surgery, you don't want to hear the screams. <laughs> That's right. Good for Sigourney Weaver in this franchise, because I was looking up a fun fact, too, about that, is that uh, it took a long time to make the second movie. It wasn't mm-hmm. just that it was like, hey, we should make one that's been long enough. They were trying to make it essentially since the first one came out. Mm-hmm. And I think Cameron was pretty much tied to it from the get go. No, they 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 had approached uh, Sigourney Weaver with several options and she didn't like any of them. It wasn't until Cameron's script that she was like, OK. Yeah, fair. Then he made sure that she was going to be the only option. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't going to make the movie. They and we're gone. <laughs> had figured out. That they wanted him, I guess. So mm-hmm. I don't actually know that much. Can you talk about like how they landed on him? Because I'm missing it was, that half. It was the script. They, they they needed to sell a Weaver and then and, and everyone really liked the script that he had written. Only like 90 pages of, but they, they liked it enough that they wanted to option him. And uh, they so were... He must have signed something first though. But it wasn't as director. It was just for the script. Oh, mm-hmm. And then they were going to wait until... Terminator was done to see whether or not he had really any chops. Okay, and that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So what I had seen was that um, he had basically said, like, I will only make this movie if Sigourney Weaver is in it. And he made it very public knowledge that there was no other actress that he was going to cast mm-hmm. besides Sigourney Weaver. So in the first movie, she made $35,000, which maybe in 79, you know, mm. as, a, as a first movie. Doesn't sound great. It's, 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 it's something for probably, yeah. you know, first and then big, of course, became a huge star. Of course, we want to see her back again for the same role. And because of Cameron giving her such leverage against Fox, she got $1 million. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. The third movie, she got $5.5 million. <laughs> and then for Resurrection, the fourth movie, $11 million. Get it, Sigourney. <laughs> Shall we roll for initiative? Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's do it. For our listeners who are new to this podcast, we roll to see who's going to guide the conversation and also break ties when and if we're at a stalemate. And rolling dice is fun. So what are we rolling tonight, Karina? I have a lovely die by an Etsy creator, Fennec and Fitch, formerly known as Cozy Gamer. And this one is actually called the Stargate die, ironically enough. But it's metal. It's nice and heavy. It's uh, got some cool like uh, gold and green looking little threads throughout it. And it felt uh, it felt very like the first alien poster with the green, which we don't really see in the movie or outside of the movie. But uh, for that poster, I guess, alone. Yeah, I also have a green die. Um, Mine is much more um, bright. Uh, neon even uh, the it's it's called the neon smoke dye mm-hmm. from dispel dice and it is like a bright green with some glitter and black smoke throughout it it does cool. yeah it looks like there's like yeah like if something was like bursting out of something like mm-hmm. uh, yeah smoke wise yeah i almost went with a black chessex dye with green numbering which mm-hmm. would have i think fit into the aliens poster thing uh-huh. like i kept on expecting that there would be like computer terminal readouts with like the lime green text mm-hmm. on the yeah. black mm-hmm. but almost all of the digital readouts in there are like a light blue color really early on oh, for weird. light blue super yeah. weird or yeah. or like white white would be fine anyway but what i've actually got is a uh, bright yellow dye with black <laughs> numbering from uh, yellow mountain imports the world's cheapest dice from amazon <laughs> Uh, you buy like 30 different sets for like 12 bucks or something. Oh, I it's, think I own these. <laughs> it's been a while. But what I went with here was the, the Wayland Corporation sort of color scheme, oh. which is which is a yellow and black thing. But also, I feel like there's a lot of sort of like construction caution tape, sort of yellow black striping all <laughs> oh, over the place throughout sure. the sets. Maybe yeah. don't. And that felt about right. There was also some displays that were also yellow and black. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of yellow and black just around in the movie. I have to rewatch these. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's great. All right. 
You can see pictures of these dice on our Instagram at Hollywood Rolls. I have to throw for initiative. I think Ian is. Uh, what'd you, what'd you guys get? So uh, that's a total of six for me. And uh, for me, I believe that's uh, two. Just a straight up two. All right, nineteen for me. We'll take Whoa. a win. <laughs> Way to win with some authority there, Ian. Yes, yeah, clear uh, a clear winner. <laughs> Well, I think we need to have a short discussion about backgrounds. I thought we would start there. Okay. Okay. There is a very different background if you say we're starting from the first movie versus we're starting from the second movie. Yeah, true. So my vote is for starting from the second movie. I think that's the right choice. And you got initiative, so yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do that then. Any uh, hot takes for uh, background? I mean, I always have my wand, but I feel like there maybe should be something prior to my wand bar. I can, well, I can fire off with my obligatory wood. I mean, clearly it's Astral Drifter, right? I mean, honestly, part of me was like, yeah, if we're going to build it, it could be Astral Drifter. She was <laughs> yeah. drifting in the Astral Sea for 57 years. She so is piloting not? ships on occasion. She, you can definitely get 57 years older than you look by using the 20d6 older than you look feature. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad yeah. about it. Except that who's her divine contact? What's the whole religious background here? It, it doesn't really fit. Uh, well, <laughs> it breaks down after that. Yeah, fair. Fair. <laughs> well, I mean, OK, so divine context specifically says that in the astral sea, you cross paths with a wandering deity and like arguably meeting the alien spaceship and encountering like mm. the navigator and the aliens in the hold. Like you're just setting up for a warlock build. I mean, yes, but <laughs> what, what's wrong with that? Say you didn't try doing your own thing before. <laughs> cast the first stone, Ian, cast the first stone. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That, that would be, I think, if you wanted to go this direction, that would be a way to do it with this character and it wouldn't be unreasonable. It's true. All right, so the, the one that surprised me was Investigator, which had some good flavor text. <laughs> of course, of course, it's the flavor text. Go, what, what's the good flavor text, though? You could have witnessed something remarkable or terrible, and now you must know more about this hidden truth. Okay, but is she getting a magnifying glass? <laughs> I mean... I mean, did she, she want to? She also is getting a magnifying glass. She did. She wanted to send people back to, to go investigate. Okay. She I, didn't want to go back. She she didn't want to go back. She wanted she them wanted to. to okay, yeah. She, she wanted to send people fair. back. This is like the Sherlock Holmes, right? Where it's like, hmm, puff, puff, interesting. Let's go investigate, right? Like, that's not what she's doing. She's going, I can't sleep until I know they're all dead. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, I get it. But I, I did like insight and, and perception i thought were good mm. I, don't, I mean yeah over with other things we can get sure yeah i know there's a, there's lots of other options what you got i didn't look too deeply at it but i like the idea of something like sailor given that she is not mm. in like she seems she has a rank it's not a military rank it's a civvy sort of rank yeah and she's clearly got some experience being on those ships i also sure, wondered i if, did look that i wondered if we could like maybe reskin some of the sailor stuff for more like but we'll do, it, it, here's the thing, too. We haven't really discussed, like, what kind of campaign, campaign you're are in, you right? Or yeah. is this a Spelljammer campaign? Or mm. are we trying to, you know, tour this into, like, you know, you're in Waterdeep? Because that's very different context, right? True. We can probably reskin something that's sailor into a astral sailor. <laughs> or <laughs> it can just be a sailor, like, I was on a ship, the Nostromo, <laughs> that, you know, was on the high seas. <laughs> there was a displacer beast on it. We were we were all messed up. A kraken came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The other angle I was looking at it was 
What gives her land vehicle proficiency? Mm. I didn't. So again, we'll have to. <laughs> I know. Our choices. Same, same, I wasn't same thing. looking for land vehicle I know. proficiency, but I wanted all the proficiencies, of course. <laughs> I know. I was thinking of it because she Armored had like no carrier. Yeah, she did mm-hmm. that. And she had the, well, she drove the forklift thing. Yeah. She gave her like a license, which yeah, fun. That's oh, true. interesting. I was thinking about the, how she actually just like, like drove a Hummer around. But she did that kind of badly, Both. I guess. Yeah. You know, Hicks had to say like, you're grinding the the whatever axle. Like, exactly. Exactly. Because she was sort of like in blind uh, fear. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So the other one that, that gets you that is soldier. Yeah. I know, but she's not a soldier. She's not a soldier. I know. She's I, like, I was like, this will be easy. She's a marine or a soldier. Oh, fuck. She's yeah, not. No, she's, she's not. a civilian. <laughs> it doesn't quite feel right. I looked at marine, which would almost feel right. But but the problem is, if you're going to be playing with other, like, if you were trying to play this as a campaign, then yeah. the other people should be marines and you shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. Also, like, if you told the other characters in this movie that we were building Ripley and she's a marine, they would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. I love the core. <laughs> <laughs> Every day you wake up is a blessing. <laughs> so the only other one, that, other one that gives you vehicle proficiency land is folk hero. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, but nobody knows about her, and they. I know, no one knows. Her <laughs> Nobody's yeah. like, oh, look at her. They go, who the fuck is she? <laughs> It's true. Although the, the, the flavor yeah, that, text that, was kind of good for this one, but it, I, know, I, I agree it doesn't I know, fit. I Destiny calls you to stand against the tyrants and monsters that threaten the common folk everywhere. Yes, the, the, the warrant officer. <laughs> the warrant officer is going to do folk everything. hero warrant officer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Karina, go, go for it. So I, I didn't even like write up a big because I thought we were going to go from the first movie, not the second yeah. movie. So now that I know it's the second movie, even a better argument for having the haunted one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> There's no better argument for the haunted one. She was the final girl in a horror movie. <laughs> yes, she had to run around in her underwear, escaping aliens, only to finally get away when they blast them out of the airlock and then go sleepy with her kitty cat. Now, why this doesn't work is because in the second movie, the feature that you get is they look into your eyes and see how you they want to help you. No, they just go. Shut up, lady. <laughs> Every single time. The company goes, nope, we don't believe you. Nope, we don't believe you. And then fucking Gibson, what was the name? The main guy that was just a douchebag. He also told her to shut up. Like, I'm so sorry. You do not tell Sigourney Weaver to shut up. <laughs> Hudson finally listens. It's true. It's well, true. The inspirational she, speech for Hudson. She understood how to talk to soldiers because she's it's like, I'm, I'm done with get it together. bureaucratic <laughs> bullshit. She's done with the bureaucratic bullshit. She's going to get down to brass tacks. But nobody wanted to help her. That's why it, it also doesn't work. But there's one really cool detail from uh, Haunted One that you do get. You get a monster hunter's pack. Ah, oh, that's okay. fair. <laughs> what what I mean, in the movie do you see? No, she doesn't <laughs> She clearly doesn't have one. I mean, I've got class stuff for that, but <laughs> do not for for background. I'm sorry. Nope. Is there? Yeah, there are no auto turrets in the Monster Hunter pack, are there? No? Okay. <laughs> the only other one I thought like that kind of works is City Watch. Oh, I have another one that I like more than that. Okay. I, what's what's your other one? So yeah. again, I was assuming, apparently incorrectly, that we were going to go with the first one we build. So I was trying to cram in some Spelljammer content. Mm-hmm. So I kind of liked Wild Spacer. Okay. You get proficiency with athletics and survival. You get tool proficiencies with navigator tools. You get vehicle proficiencies with space vehicles. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the things that you have, there's it's called Close Encounter, which I think also actually works better with the second than the first. You had a harrowing encounter with one of Wild Space's many terrors. You yeah. escaped with your life, but the encounter left you with a scar or two or perhaps a recurring 
Nightmare. Hmm, what do we see at the oh, beginning of the second movie? That. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, this works even better knowing her background that you don't see in either of these movies, but I read through my research. <laughs> oh, no. Ian went deep, yeah. Because they had to evacuate Earth for like 16 years. That That's when she grew up. Was like huh. on an outer moon or something? Yeah, I think it was on a space station mm, thing. Oh, I but, see. Outside of Earth. But yeah. I mean, also, like, this still, this still works for between the first and the second movie. Mm-hmm. This is just how, like, she, and she, we don't know how long she's been, like, you know, I guess, I guess we kind of do. It's like, she went away telling her daughter she was going to be back by <laughs> when she was 11. Oh, Not so much. Gotta go deep. Gotta go deep for this lore, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back when you're 64 and dead a couple of years. Everything's mm. fine. <laughs> Also, by saying dead by old age, I'm sorry, you're 64. That, no, I need an explanation. That's not old age that you're dead by, especially not in like the year 20. She died of a something. broken heart. Her mother, her mother never, never returned. And then Newt says, I knew you would come back. Yeah. How gut-wrenching. <laughs> How gut-wrenching. All right. I mean, I, we don't know their 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 history. Maybe 60 is really old at, at that point in uh, our Because nuclear. Uh, the pollution by that the point pollution, in time. Yeah. yeah. And no well, one leaves the well, past 70. Well, and especially if you're in these like outer reaches, like the um, radiation. That you get just from being out in outer space. Oh, yeah. Really bad. No magnetosphere to protect you there. I, I want to give a shout out to one more background here, which sure. is failed merchant because Ooh. she blows up a very expensive <laughs> spaceship and gets no shares. She does manage to avoid the uh, the legal repercussions, maybe. I mean, they're not pressing charges at this time. She would have been legally like, resourceful. yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, what's the, what's the statute of it. limitations, right? I know, yeah, it's 57 years later. Statute of limitations. I'm golden, my dudes. You guys were barely born when this happened. Jonesy and me are good. And, you know, investigation and persuasion are not bad proficiencies, but, yeah, the future supply chain, was I don't... Was she the merchant, though? She was the, so. She was the civilian there to to, to offer... I, they're they're all merchants. They're all con- they're all under contract. They've all got shares in the, the combined operation, I think. Oh, in the first movie? In the first that, movie. In the first oh, movie. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Again, this is a bad... <laughs> Background. The first movie we're considering background. Yes, here. no, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I like your Wild Spacer argument. I also I like your Wild Spacer works. argument. I liked it more if, yeah, if we're going to go into the second movie, I was like, oh, only all of these work if we're going into the second movie. Yeah. But I love Wild Spacer. And we get some Spelljammer stuff. And, and yeah, we'll just say this is Spelljammer content. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's jump back to race. So she's a Thrike Korean, right? We're, that's, that's where we're building. Yeah, she's she's Wait. become one of the aliens uh, by the second movie, right? That uh, she's. I mean, at some point, it had to happen. Oh God! This I was is the thinking about. Oh God! Of the movie. I didn't even think about Thrike Korean being xenomorph. Wait, that's even more funny. Is I actually considered the GIF <laughs> and summarily dismissed Thrike Korean. <laughs> Like, nope, maybe hippo people, but definitely not the insectoid people. (laughs) I I did not have a whole lot here because I felt like this was a very, we've made this argument before. This feels like a very human story. Like, no, and that's why I us don't. Versus aliens. That's why I don't want to do it. No, <laughs> we've done it too many times. This is I like know. the third time now. It's overdone, especially too many times in a row. I, I like, just couldn't yeah. come up with a good one, so yeah. I just default. I've got one it. I don't like, but I'm going to argue for, and <laughs> I've got right. a second one that I will also shoehorn in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Especially because, again, this might my, my build is from the first movie. <laughs> Keep that in mind as I argue <laughs> forward. She has a very special connection. She's the final girl with only one other entity on this ship, on the Nostromo. And that is Jones, colloquially known as Jonesy, the cat. She could be a tabaxi. <laughs> They're pretty lanky. And, and, huh. and she doesn't use any guns. She mostly just like, she uses her wits and whatnot. whatnot. But she's also, it's, I think you get like. She's very good at climbing. 
can climb. You can, she's you can good be, at climbing. Be stealthy. <laughs> she's also got kind of a hair trigger running thing going on. She can run away from yeah. things kind of quickly. I kind yeah. of like that. And that, that was kind of the end of my argument there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted like a little bit better than that, but. <laughs> <laughs> she was Jones the entire time. Jones and her, the same character. I think it's more that there was like a, yeah, like a, like a, like a symbiotic relationship. We're like, okay, yeah. we're going to get out of this together. Let's help each other. The like, two cats. The two cats together. <laughs> Except that she calls it like this dumb cat or the stupid cat or I mean, something like that. I think, I, mean, it, I think she calls it a shithead, yes. <laughs> I feel like I mean, to be canonically, fair. that's how cats treat other cats. So yeah, fair. also probably <laughs> accurate. Also, like, why is there a cat in this spaceship? Canonically, it's like to worry about mice. You're in space. Where did the mice come from? I mean, one from? might have come on the ship and now you've got a... I know it's a giant ship, so I guess there's like one cat I mean, in the whole ship, so maybe it's fine. Where's this fair, cat that... That was a thing that they did in the olden times on on ships. actual ships. Yeah, I mean rats are a real problem. Well, but you're gonna go. But you're gonna <laughs> yeah. go. You're gonna go port to port. True. Not but in 57 years or like six months or like this is gonna take months and months and months. Theoretically, by yeah. like this time, we wouldn't have had to worry about that. Like, yeah. you would just like zap it of mice. Anyway, I thought it was weird to have a cat on there. I agree. Where's the food coming I from? I think it's Who's weird to have the cats. <laughs> like, is Ash cleaning up the poop? Is there a robotic poop machine for the like? If we have an automaton, why a cat? <laughs> why isn't there a, a rat seeking Roomba at this point? Come on, dream bigger than a cat. <laughs> like, it, it seems like that must be somebody's pet. That, like, it feels like somebody must have adopted the cat. And I don't know who on the crew would be that person. I think it is just like a crew cat. Yeah. It makes no sense to me in the future. Like, OK, yeah. that's why like yeah. the Sailor felt almost better. But yeah, I guess if we're just assuming this is a thing on the <laughs> sea, in the astral sea. Yeah. I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, it's yeah, we want a fluffy cat because it's a horror movie and you need to you need to have the cat survive. I get it. It's fun. Also, you know, just for context, if there were rats on the ship, the their perception of that cat is essentially the exact same as the human perception of the aliens <laughs> on there. Cats are vicious, vicious creatures if you're a tiny animal. <laughs> one of the fun facts for the, for the cat that was playing Jonesy to get that like recoil, like <sighs> scene that they had to get because they're like, yeah, what are we going to do? Like they showed them the puppet and it was like, what the fuck is that? I don't know what that means. <laughs> they had they brought in a. German Shepherd and placed glass that had a covering. And then when they wanted that, they you know obviously started filming, then dropped the sheet in between the glass between the German Shepherd and the cat. And the cat was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they're like, all right, we got the shot. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Bring the German Shepherd away now. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like the one thing about that cat that makes it non-plausible is uh, like we get the hiss reaction a couple times and the scared cat reaction. Mm -hmm. But then Scorny Weaver goes to pick it up and it's just like flop. I am I am definitely a Hollywood cat. I am yeah. belly. <laughs> and then I guess we get Newt as the cat yeah. in the second movie. <laughs> sure. All right. What else you got? I'm with Ian here. I wanted there to be something obvious that was not human for her. I kind of feel like this character has some use for feats. And I'm not sure if we wanted to be super high level. So mm, fair. from a min maxi perspective, which doesn't necessarily feel terribly wrong when you've got Sigourney Weaver, final girl as a character, oh. variant human feels okay. I've only got one other one. Okay. Astral Elf. Oh, for that, for more of the uh, Spelljammer content. For more Spelljammerness. But also like, um, I guess the only thing that I can like really say that I liked about it especially was what if we can get a little bit of the trance feel Mm -hmm. But if you can just like trance yourself as far as like hypersleep sense, well, like, if you were like elsewhere, like, OK, I need to hypersleep now. And you just call it hypersleep. And if all you're doing is trancing, you're just like, I'm hypersleeping now. I feel like the difficulty with that is that she, unlike most of the time when Ian comments on this, she does canonically sleep in the movie. And that plays a sort of pivotal moment in the uh, in the script. That's fair. 
Yeah. I just don't want human, but okay. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I just wanted to fight against it. <laughs> you, you put up a valiant effort. All right. The class. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to do my hot take here. She likes to blow things up uh, and in a delayed way. There is one spell that does this. Delayed fireball? Yes. Delayed blast fireball, which okay. is a seventh level spell. And you got to be a sorcerer or a wizard. <laughs> wow. That's wow. A long, that's a long walk off a short pier. <laughs> I mean, you could have a magical item for that yeah. or just explosives. <laughs> I mean, but, you uh, could, but <laughs> okay. But really, level eight spell, which uh, how many uh, level seven spell? Level, level seven. Seven. So we're gonna need like a, a level wizard or sorcerer. Clearly, that's what she is, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> wow. I know. I was just like, how can I make this blast happen? Okay, this is this is way higher level than I would have gone. But I mean, so okay. So first of all, the blast that happens in the second movie, she wants to happen from you know take off and nuke the site from orbit because it's the only way we do sure. But then the ship goes down and they accidentally cause the reactor, I guess, to mm -hmm. overload and then explode. Uh, so she doesn't directly cause the second one. The first one, though, she does. She does. She start the timer, that. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> but it's not really her Spell, that has the ability. Yeah, it's more just like that's the dungeon you're hey, in. Yeah, yeah. That's that's clearly a, a clever the DM, DM puzzle. Did that. Yeah. Oh, that that didn't work. Uh, oh, but you wanted that. Okay, you only yeah. have five minutes to change your mind. Oh, too late. Sorry. There's a big red button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wizard. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agreed. I tried. <laughs> a class Fair. I looked a lot at that I I wanted to work because I felt okay. like we don't often go with it, and it felt like it could maybe work here. Sure. Was ranger? I like ranger. I also have ranger. And I feel like there were maybe a small handful of things that could work in terms of ranger subclasses. No, there's one. I have one, exactly. Monster Hunter? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. Monster Slayer. Nope. And then I also looked at Horizon Walker because I was thinking sort of like she seems intent on protecting Earth from the aliens and nope. some interesting going back to the site, but that the portal detection thing where you're not going, work. Karina. And then Gloomstalker uh, yes. actually felt pretty good when Absolutely. I went to look at it. I was just in the area and I looked at it and I was like, okay, yeah, she's going into the dark, scary places. Uh, space, okay, okay. space is the underdark is a very weird take, but gloom okay. Gloomstalkers are at home in the darkest places, yeah. deep under the earth in gloomy alleyways and private forests. Okay, and wherever okay. else the light dims, most folk enter such places with trepidation. But a Gloomstalker ventures boldly into the darkness, seeking the ambush threats before they can reach the broader world. Yeah, that feels pretty good. Dread Ambusher, I don't like the name of, but the actual ability with, uh, uh, what is it, advantage on initiative, that, that felt pretty good. I like it. What I didn't like about like the hunter thing that you guys are talking about, the was a monster slayer. She's not like going out to like go. No, where's the biggest baddie? Yeah, no, she's not hunting it. You're right. That's why I liked like Gloomstalker. She just, I think she's just like, oops, I'm a Gloomstalker. <laughs> By like the fourth or fifth movie, I feel like Monster Hunter. Yes, that yeah. starts to work. I haven't sure. gotten there yet. But probably someday yeah. I'll see that. When she's her own clone, sure. <laughs> yeah. So did you have other things that you wanted to? I liked Gloomstalker Ranger a lot, to be honest. When I was looking through the list, I was like, boy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where we're going to go with this. It's like, you know what? Actually, this feels like a ranger could kind of be an interesting place. And I really liked Gloomstalker. The other thing that was like kind of milk toast, I was like, all right, we can do some fighter. If we just want to be like kind of yeah. super milk toast. I also thought that like getting some rogue might be interesting because she's she's kind of sneaky, sneaky for at least if, again, coming at my build as the first movie. I was yeah. going like, gotta hide, gotta hide. <laughs> rogue is actually my favorite here. Interesting. Okay. I had a f favorite rogue. Do you have a favorite? Rogue? I also have a favorite rogue. I'm afraid that we're going to disagree and I'll have to get mad at you. <laughs> uh, okay, so my favorite for Rogue is Inquisitive. 
So I looked at Inquisitive Mm -hmm. and I wanted to like it and I didn't. It sounded like it should work and I didn't like what it got us. And instead, I went for an anti-Ian argument where I like what it got us, but it sounds wrong. I liked Scout. I'm not upset about Scout. Let me talk about what I liked about Inquisitive. Absolutely. It was the exact thing we commented on a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. It feels like she was putting clues together really insanely rapidly and just coming to this like, here's the story. Here's exactly what happened. And it felt like a very Sherlock Holmes kind of moment where she was like, he took the thing from the thing and he here's exactly what was going to happen. He was going to turn off your sleeping pod so that you would be dead then when we arrived and then we would be impregnated with the aliens and he would get his way exactly as he wanted. 100%. I wanted that to work. But again, I felt like much like when I rewatched the movie, I was like, she doesn't really have any evidence for this. It does seem weird. I wanted them to justify this a bit more with some like deleted scene that I'm sure was there, right? We are supposed to believe that she is incredibly good at piecing together evidence. I, that's why I looked at that as yeah. well. Because I wanted her to be high intelligence is probably why Ian's all like, wizard, right? I'm like, how can <laughs> we make right. an intelligent rogue inquisitive, right? And then I was like, no, this doesn't really oh. do it though, does it? I, I don't like it as much because I don't feel like that's what she is. She's not going, everybody, I've put together clues. She's screaming into the void and everybody's going, shut up, lady. <laughs> She's not, nobody's listening to her. I want her to be a bit broken. I want her to, to be stealthy or, that's why I felt Ranger was like a bit, like a bit, bit of both. You can kind of like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like a middle classiness. And I wanted to make her intelligent hive. I'm like, I can't because that d d doesn't really let me because we got to go wizard. I'm going to make the anti-Ian argument oh. here. Hold go on. Hold on. This is going to play at the table. Okay. Is really difficult. Because if you go with Inquisitive Rogue and you want to feel like you're... Are you Ellen Ripley? <laughs> yeah, an Inquisitive Ripley. Rogue. Well, but more importantly, you have to be the person that is coming up with those things. Otherwise, you're not going to feel like you're that. Yeah. You are playing her because you're not like... Uh, you, you yourself con- are that intelligent and you are figuring out the things that the DM is giving you. I think you can be it's a high intelligence. Feel like it. I think you can be a high intelligence Glimstalker Rogue and do this just fine. No, no, no. You like me, Ian, I'm going to have to feel have to come figure out the clues that the DM is giving me. Otherwise, I'm not going to feel like I am actually oh, well, you make no. a, a private arrangement with the DM this that when the party is stuck, the DM <laughs> yeah. texts you and you come yes. up with a brilliant solution. We've talked through this before. If you're not as smart as your character needs to be, we need to have some buy in with your DM. They're like, you know, this and nobody else does. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Private, don't look like an idiot at the table. <laughs> private, private DM channel. That explains exactly how Ellen Ripley knew all of these things about the character in another right. scene when she, she was asleep. Because uh, it turns out James Cameron was telling uh, her directly. Here's your motivation. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So I liked Scout for yeah. a different reason. Um, it sounds bad. It doesn't sound bad. On its face, I was like, because mm. I was like, I want, I like Rogue a lot, and I didn't, I didn't love Inquisitive because I didn't feel like this was the the big female hero that we want is her going, oh, I see, and pulls out literally a magnifying glass yeah. and goes, let me look for clues, <laughs> because that yeah. feels wrong. So what I liked about Scout is that she doesn't necessarily need to be scouting for her party, but you get skirmisher, so you're difficult to pin down during a fight. You can move up to half your movement at a, as a reaction if an enemy gets within five feet of you. So you can be like, fuck this, bye. She's canonically hard to pin down. Hard to pin down. And you get survivalist, so you get proficiency in nature and survival, and your proficiency bonus is doubled for those two proficiencies. So I love both of those. She doesn't need to go scouting ahead. She just needs to be that buff in those two things, which I, th- well, you know, nature depends on what's kind of setting you're in, but definitely survival. I love her getting double proficiency for that because she's the final girl. Yeah, I like it. But to be honest, I like your argument for Gloomstalker better. I honestly like Gloomstalker better, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm OK with you. Like that's going to feel more like her. I think it gives you a bit more range to go somewhere. Whereas I feel like 
I, I mean, I love a rogue, don't get me wrong. Again, all this hinges on what kind of campaign you're playing. And maybe maybe then don't play Ellen Ripley if you're going to play something like in Waterdeep. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me let me make your argument for Gloomstalker that you haven't made yet, which is I was going to say rangers get spells and that wasn't necessarily going to feel right. But the sure. kind of spells that rangers get yeah. are things like Pass Without Trace. It and can be helpful for the party as well as yourself. And I was trying to figure out how to make her a little bit leadership-y because she does seem to be sort of like she's not get in there and do combat. She's bring the party together and have the plan it's sort when, of for everybody. When all else fails, I'll rise to the occasion. Yeah. And I feel like the ranger spells are probably going to give you the right set of the right toolbox yeah. for being that character. I do like that. That's true. So when you talk about Rogue Scout, the, the thing I want to come back around to is I think Rogue Scout is what you want to play most of the time when a player thinks they want to play a ranger. Because like Rogue Scout <laughs> is, the, gets, is like actually genuinely effective in combat. You still get sneak attack. You can use ranged weapons. You That's can, interesting because, again, this is how I came across this build. Was I was trying to go, OK, first movie. She's Rogue Scout. Second movie, Gloomstucker Ranger. <laughs> and I would not mind picking up both. Honestly, both both is fine. Multiclass is all right with this character. Um, I, I feel myself, like that's a little too much. I was just, giving, I was just giving myself options because I wasn't sure how we we're going to go with the build. And I was like, this one feels good for this. I'm going to leave these options for myself because I wasn't sure how we we're going to go with it. But I, I, I think if we're going with the second movie build, it actually feels nice. And I don't think there's many occasions that we would get to use this class, no, I, especially this yeah. subclass, really. Yeah, let's go for it. Yay. If Ian agrees. Yeah, I already, I already, I already locked it in. Right there. Love it. We discussed ability scores offline and went with wisdom highest, dexterity and intelligence tied next, and charisma as her dump stat because no one listens to her. And so to summarize, Ripley is a variant human with three levels of Gloomstalker Ranger with the Wild Spacer background. She has the tough feet from her background, and we also gave her the durable feet. So, how playable is she? I mean, this seems like a pretty straightforward ranger build that yeah, we've made. Yeah, it's pretty it simple. Um, I think the, the question is, can you use Ripley to make good decisions about how you play? And I, I think there are a couple of ways that you could bring that in. She's got the backstory with her child, which we don't genuinely see very well unless we're watching specifically the director's cut. <laughs> um, what are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you could try and... Use that as a jumping off point. And then as the character developed, you would end up being someone else. And that would be fine. Yeah, we didn't make a super high level, right? I think no. it's like level three. three. Level three, yeah. So there's definitely like spots to, you know, be like, hey, I've seen some shit. You guys need to. I think it really hinges on whether or not you can convince your DM that you can construct some like torch and fan <laughs> thing to make a flamethrower. <laughs> You're yeah. all hung up on the on the weapons here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with her not having a flamethrower, but sure. I, I, yeah, no, she doesn't need it. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> I, I think if you want the, the badass woman archetype, Gloomstalker Ranger can totally work for that. Yeah. And if you're having trouble visualizing in your head what your character is up to, just, you know, what would Sigourney Weaver do in this moment and uh, go with that? And that, that could help you. Here's yeah, not, not, not Sigourney Weaver in this movie. Just Sigourney, just Sigourney Weaver. Weaver personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just Sigourney Weaver, not. Not, not, not Ellen Ripley. Yeah. Um, what if, what if there was an NPC in your campaign? What if, like, you guys are like floundering around? It's like, hey, here comes badass Ellen Ripley going, hey, gang, I've seen some shit out here. You don't even know what you're in for. Here's what you need to watch out for. Bye. Are, are you making a, a promise, NPC. Karina? Because I mean, <laughs> I'm getting back in the DM mode. I'm like, this would be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm down to be helped by. Uh... Ellen Ripley, that sounds he helps great. Yeah, for a bit, she's like, okay, no, I'm not going back in there. No, I'm telling you, you don't want to go in there. You're not <laughs> equipped. 
Bye. <laughs> I guess the downside of being helped by Ellen Ripley is I will have to die. <laughs> it's true. It's... I know. It's so sad. Oh. <laughs> Nobody spoil um, <laughs> Alien 3 for Ian. Newt lives forever. Everything's fine. <laughs> I, I, I just made the realization. I think Jonesy is the only the only character that survives Ripley. <laughs> yes. Jonesy makes it back to Earth and she's like, you're staying here. I also Great. saw that on the Internet. <laughs> Jonesy was the only end, like, NPC-ish person. Ever, maybe it's well, you know, eventually. Well, years don't uh, don't die. They they don't age out. She's not a wizard. Yeah. Well, you it. Uh, this opportunity. We didn't note it during the playability section. Usually, we would just leave this as an Easter egg for people who look at the character sheet. But we did give her animal handling specifically for Jonesy. For Jonesy, so. want to play Ripley? You can find the character sheet at HollywoodRolls.com. Please leave us a rating on whatever podcatcher you use. Please don't wait 57 years to tell your friends and family about us. The best place to find us is HollywoodRolls.com. Email us suggestions for movies or characters at mostly at night at HollywoodRolls.com. We're at HollywoodRolls on Instagram at Hollywood underscore rolls on Twitter and Patreon.com slash HollywoodRolls. We're not sponsored by D&D Beyond, Wizards of the Coast, Kirkland Brand Tequila, Discord, Dispel Dice, Fennec and Fitch, Yellow Mountain Imports, Wayland yutani Corporation. Lunar Westland Industries, Lockheed Martin, Hyperdyne Systems, or Reebok. Thanks for listening.